So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's going on, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're having an amazing day. And uh, today we're jumping right into a rather spicy topic, which is how to handle the ultra uh, ultra attractive. And uh, this question uh, comes up from time to time in our communities. I think it's a really good question because, you know, ultimately we're trying to figure out like what... What are we supposed to do with these attractions that God's given us? Because, you know, when you're struggling with a porn addiction or some kind of sexual misbehavior or infidelity or whatever it is, you can kind of look back and if, you, if you're if you misguided on the subject, you could conclude like, my attraction has totally shot me in the butt here. Like, like if I, if I didn't have this attraction, then I would have never made the mistakes that I've, that I've made. And while I can understand how somebody arrives there, the reality is that's not true. And um, attraction is God-given. And so it's our responsibility to learn to manage it and also to see it for what it's worth. You know, attraction is incredibly individual. It is fluid. And attraction evolves. You know, the things that I was attracted to in a woman 10 years ago are not the same things I'm attracted to now. Um, my my wife, like just as I've fallen more in love with my wife and obviously like we've had more sexual experiences now the last few years. Um, so I've just noticed that like the things I'm attracted to are different because she has kind of shaped that and flavored it, you know, and I, there's things about her that I didn't like that were not like super important to me from a physical standpoint that now I find like really attractive and I start to notice elsewhere, right? So all is to say is like, these things change and they evolve over time. And what we want to do is we want to just be really on top of this subject because um, because if we're not, then what tends to happen is we either get way too engaged and involved with people that we find attractive or we end up uh, avoiding them and you know treating them like they have the plague or, uh, oh gosh, if only there was a more modern example, uh, COVID. And and then we we end up kind of alienating these people, and this is very common in the church. Like I know a lot of women that are beautiful, like gorgeous women, kind of command a room's attention as soon as they walk into it, and they get no attention from guys because guys are too scared to talk to them. Uh, that's absolute bogus. That should never happen. And all it shows me is that men have been misled about what attraction really means and how to handle it properly. So today, that's what we're going to talk about, okay? Let me set the stage a little bit. Uh, I've already kind of said this, but attraction is God-given. Attraction evolves over time. Attraction is not the same as lust. Okay, lust is when, well, let me say this. Attraction is when you know there's something about an individual that you notice, something that you feel drawn to, right? Like, it, it, I mean, if you could physically, if you could imagine two magnets, right, being pulled towards one another, that's literally what attraction is. It's just something, there's some quality of a person that we feel drawn to or that we feel compelled by. That's literally all it is. Um, I was just, uh, actually, hold on, I'll, I'll hold off for that story, but a uh, story about this in a minute because I was just traveling and had a really interesting experience in this arena. 
that's attraction, okay? So attraction is you notice someone, you feel the pull. Lust is when that initial pull becomes a bad intent, an inappropriate interaction. It becomes a double take. It becomes fantasy. You know, it it somehow has evolved and developed into something that is now feeding that fleshly part of us that um, that is ultimately like it needs to be killed, right? Like Jesus, we're we're sorry. Let me say that better. We are to die to our flesh. That's what the Bible says. So you don't die to the flesh by taking second looks, fantasizing about somebody, um, in, engaging with them with poor intents, all that kind of stuff. So we have to be very, 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 very careful. Okay, it's a fine line, but what we don't want to do is we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater uh, either. We don't want to just conclude that, you know, attraction is bad and all girls are bad and anytime I see a girl, I'm just going to put my head down because it's easier. No, 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 no. We're not going to be wimps about this. We're not going to back down because that's not the way God made us and that's not your only option. <laughs> so how to handle the ultra attractive. Here's some ideas about what this might look like. Okay, when you see somebody that's really attractive, take a deep breath. <sighs> a deep breath goes a very, very, very long way. It's just going to engage your prefrontal cortex again. Um, instead of just being caught up in that limbic part of your system that is so preoccupied with the thing that you find attractive, right? And guys in particular, guys generally are quite visual. And so if you find someone that's visually attractive, that part of our brain has very strong levels of activation. And there's nothing wrong with that. We just need to re-engage the prefrontal cortex in a, of that part of our brain that makes better decisions and can look at things a little bit more objectively. Number two, we do not want to run away. Okay, this is very, very important. And granted, like when you're in recovery and if you don't know, if you're like, Sathya, I've never met someone really attractive and been able to interact with her and just appreciate her beauty and see her through God's eyes. Hey, totally fine. I'm not saying that you need to go out and start doing that right away. What you might want to do, though, in the moment when you notice somebody like this is say, God, what is your heart towards that person? God, what do you love about that person? And you will probably find that when God starts to describe what he loves about that person, that he's not going to mention anything about her body or her looks. That person has a heart. And sometimes we need to actually reprogram our minds to remember that because otherwise, it, you know, we just get accustomed to engaging with people on a very physical and sexual level, whether we're actually interacting with them or we're simply noticing them. So we want to be, we want to, we want to just be conscious of what are the, what are the, the ways that God sees this person. And you may have to do that from a distance for a while while you're in recovery before you're actually at a place where you're like, I can appreciate that person's beauty. Yes, they're very attractive and I can have a normal conversation with them. One of the best compliments I got was from a, a friend, uh, you know, friends that I don't actually know super well, but, um, but friends that I met at a wedding, uh, we were all in the wedding party together. Um, and the guy's name is Chase. He's a, a really, really cool guy. Really impacted me, actually. Um, and this is probably six years ago. And and Chase has a gorgeous wife. Uh, her name's Leslie. And she's she's just, she's stunning. You know, she's absolutely beautiful. And I remember um, when I saw her, I remember just thinking, that's a beautiful person. And I could see her heart because she just had such a, a kind and sensitive personality. And so I, you know, I got introduced to her and I remember, you know, having a conversation with her and was just able to engage with her and treat her like any other person because I had, I had seen the, the beauty that was within her and I was more conscious of that when I was interacting with her. And 
afterwards, like uh, towards the end of the, we spent about three or four days together, you know, the wedding party and all of their spouses and stuff. And I was single at the time. And uh, Chase came up to me uh, at the end and he said, hey, man, it's been so fun getting to know you. And um, Leslie really appreciates you because she just said that often when she meets guys, um, you know, even Christian guys, she gets a lot of like weird kind of creepy stuff going on or they don't know how to talk to her. And um, she just said that you've like really treated her like a woman and that she's felt really comfortable around you. And that really means the world to me. And so that that that's so there's such a good example of like what happens when you treat a woman well is that the husband comes back to you and says thank you right instead of like hey man what are you doing with my wife you know I saw the way you were looking at her like there's none of that obviously this is a super secure dude but he also appreciates somebody who's able to just see the value of his wife and treat her accordingly without any ill motives or any kind of uh, I don't know creepiness for lack of a better word so. Um, I want to cast a little bit of vision. That's why I'm telling you the story of like, this is actually possible, guys. And it it's going to happen in steps probably. So if you have somebody in your life right now that you're like, this person's really attractive, it's becoming a problem, it's triggering, or I find that I'm, I'm interacting with them, kind of like flirting with them, and it's becoming a little bit inappropriate, or, you know, it's sort of getting to that gray area. This is obviously, especially if you're married, if you're single, then uh, like, go for it, bro. Like, I don't know what the heck's stopping you at that point. Um, but again, like if you're, you know, if you're obviously in a committed relationship and there's somebody else. Um, the way you want to handle this is you you need to like uh, you need to be really practical. And when I say practical, I don't mean like just listen to what I'm about to tell you. I mean you need to go do what I'm about to tell you. So um, one thing you need to do is you need to limit your interactions with that person. If this is somebody that you see through a previous commitment uh, or a pre-existing commitment, rather, like let's say you're on the worship team together or you work together or whatever. Um, you want to limit. Um, you want to limit your non-professional interactions to one per week maximum. What? One per week? Yeah, one per week, bro. You need to slow that train down. Okay. Now this is in. The, remember, I'm talking about if this is somebody where you can tell I've been flirting, I've been crossing the line. This is getting dangerous. Okay. You need to scale that thing way back. So if it's a worship team, as an example, then when you come to worship practice, right? You know you're going to see this person twice. You're going to see them at worship practice, and then you're going to see them on Sunday. So you're going to want to pick your spot where you interact with that person. And then you're just going to leave it there. And look, if they interact with you, you're not going to be like, hey, sorry, can't talk. Hope we can catch up again soon. But again, just keep it short and that sort of thing. Like just be super practical about it. Okay. Number two, we are not going to text these people. All right. Now, again, these are the people where you feel a draw to and the connection has become a little bit dangerous. We are not going to text ever. And we are only going to talk to them in public environments. That means if you're at worship practice together, you're not in the green room alone having a conversation. It means that you're not in the parking lot alone having a conversation. If it's at work, it means that you're not by the water cooler, just you and her having a conversation. We're going to be super practical. We're going to make sure we're always in a public place, ideally that we're in groups, and that our interactions are relatively short. Okay, very, very important. Uh, third, we want to give thanks, okay? There's nothing wrong with someone being attractive, right? And we want to appreciate who they are and we want to ask God to, to show us the beauty, right? It's what we talked about earlier. Now, what we talked about earlier is more so when you are meeting people, when you see somebody in public. Um, it's not when like things have crossed the line or become a little bit dangerous, okay? Um, those things are just applicable kind of across the board. These things are more when things have gone a little bit too far. 
Okay, now the last thing that you want to do is you want to actually have some vision about this. And what I mean is maybe this needs to be on your vision board. Maybe this is something you need to be praying into regularly. But the the prayer is I, I want to be, Lord, make me the kind of man who is so, so solid in my purity, that is so solid in my masculinity, that is so solid in my relationship with you, that I am able to look at these women through your eyes without any questions asked, right? Set some vision and make it part of your vision regularly. Pray into it because here's the reality, guys. Attractive people aren't going anywhere. They're here for the long haul. That's kind of how this thing works. And you know what's crazy as you get older is physical attraction starts to become less and less important and then you start to connect with people emotionally, right? Like the number of people that are in our program that have had emotional affairs is through the roof, right? So not physical affairs, but emotional affairs. It happens. So we want to we wanna be careful whether the, there's physical attraction or emotional attraction. We want to be incredibly careful and we want to set some vision that one day we can interact with these people and have uh, you know healthy engagements without any kind of weird motives or any kind of awkwardness about it. Uh, my wife and I had a conversation about one of my coworkers when I used to work at, uh, at the church and um, she she would be considered a very beautiful person. I think most people that know her or would see her would say, wow, that is a beautiful girl. Uh, just notable physical attraction. Um, and I didn't really engage with her uh, a lot because, you know, we just worked in different departments and whatever. But uh, when I did, uh, I I started to enter a danger zone or, or my, my flag started to go up because she and I got along really well. Like I knew how to make her laugh and she thought I was hilarious and, um, you know, and we had a kind of a same sense of humor and there was just, there was a, a level of connection there that, um, that was, was dangerous. Now I didn't run away from it. I talked to my wife about it. I was like, Hey, um, I probably never talked to you about this before, but there is somebody at work that I find really attractive. Um, I don't really engage with her much, but it's so-and-so and, you know, here's, here's what I actually mean. Cause she was like, oh yeah, you know, she's beautiful. I could totally see that. And I was like, yeah, I know that, but it's actually more like, like we really get along. So I have to be kind of careful. And, um, I just wanted you to know, you know, if you ever see anything between us, um, you're always welcome to ask questions and that kind of stuff, you know, just letting her in and trying to be transparent about it. You guys know, I'd rather confess a temptation than confess a mistake that obviously applies to this scenario as well. And you know, what's really cool is that like, um, I, when I see that person, cause we do, we do still like cross paths. It's just like super cordial, you know? And like, there's no weird feelings or anything like that. Um, there's no, like, I don't feel awkward or like I can't be around her and I don't really see her that much, um, or as much as I used to, obviously, cause I don't work uh, at the church anymore, but, um, it's really cool to just go back and be like, oh, wow, I can engage with this person in a really healthy way. Because when I was even like more at risk, I was still, I still had good measures and precautions that were protecting this thing from becoming something worse. So hopefully this gives you some ideas of how to handle attraction, what it looks like practically. Um, it's not always easy, guys. Be kind to yourself, but be incredibly intentional because we're talking about daughters of God, like people made in God's image, people that God cares deeply about. And we want to handle them with uh, the utmost care, the utmost regard, and the utmost value um, to the absolute best of our abilities, okay? And that that takes time to develop. And the reality is if you've been struggling with porn or that kind of thing, it's going to take a while for your brain to rewire. But we want to make this the goal and we want to pursue it as quickly as possible. So that's everything for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. 
Hey everybody, it's Thea again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.